now got in for the New York Yankees, the shortstop, number two. Welcome back. This is episode 167 of the NYYST podcast. I'm your host, Christian, as always, joined by my co-host, Chris. You! And he just, we didn't, knew. he just didn't even want to be here tonight. We knew. He's at an engagement party. Yeah, he is. Uh, one of our, one of your best friends, brothers, brothers. Yeah, and one is of my brother's best, best one friend. Of, yeah, one so. of his best friends. Yeah, okay, so. Don't want to offend anyone. But what do you mean you don't want to offend anyone? Any of his other friends. I was, oh, I don't okay, because you're the one that gets triggered by that type of stuff. So I can understand why you wouldn't want to offend anybody else. I don't get triggered by anything. I don't really care what where I rank in anyone else's life. Except for the fact that for the last four years, I keep having to hear about how you weren't the best man at my wedding. That just shows me where I rank, right? I'm number three. Ah, boom. Wow, are we getting fucked up? Pop. You say you always want to get wow. wild on the show, bro. Late Saturday night recording. My dude brings... My dude brings hard cider to the podcast to get crazy. Are we getting fucked up right now? Uh, I don't know. I don't even drink anymore. Can I'll you probably... get Can you get wild off of one hard cider? Absolutely. If I haven't drank, I don't drink anymore. Jules, you're drunk. That's like your go to thing, but it's like not even really funny. It's from a movie. I we I know that. I've seen Super Bad probably more times than you have. Uh, thanks, bro. Pop pop. It's that guy rise missing out. This episode is brought to you by Angry Orchard Heartside. Oh, he's got one? <laughs> We're going to pour one out for We're him? We're going to pour one out for him. You say you always want to get wild on the pod. We got plenty of people we can pour one out for in this episode. Uh, it's late Saturday night. We're going to record before the big Tyson Fury-Deontay Wilder rematch. We'll give our predictions for the fight uh, before we sign off, which is kind of useless because you'll hear this Monday morning. But we'll see if we're right or not. See. This is a... We'll get more into it later, but there's a lot of hype around this fight, and it actually got a lot of attention, especially here in New York on Sports Talk Radio. I'll tell you what. If it's a good fight, I mean, last fight, I haven't watched boxing since I was a kid when boxing was actually good, but... I'm cracking this open. I'm cracking mine open right now. Let's go. Um, I haven't watched boxing since I was a kid, (sighs) since like Mike Tyson and Holyfield and the ear stuff and all that era, but... When you said to get the fight, I was like, you know, fuck it. Let's get it. I actually enjoyed the last fight. And I'm excited for it tonight. If it's a good fight, they got enough eyes on this fight that boxing could make a comeback. I don't even know why we I mean, we were here doing something. We were here recording or maybe... Be- no, no. It was planned. It was planned. We were here for something, though. Maybe I agreed it was- to it. I don't normally agree to that shit because I couldn't care less about fighting, boxing. Isn't one of your kids' birthdays coming up? Maybe we would have been here for something like that. Doubtful. Mm. No, it was it was just. Spurred. But there was a reason why I wanted to watch it last time, and I really hadn't been into boxing that heavy. Remember our Domino's incident yeah, last time? It was, it was awful. Uh, uh, yeah. So my prediction is going to be just pure bullshit, and it and maybe I'll be right. I'm, I'm paying, I don't know. I don't I'm know. Paying enough. a little bit of attention to it. I don't know enough about it to give you my true prediction, but maybe I'll be right. So. uh we don't want to bore everybody, but 
<clears throat> we'll, hold on a second. Stack Guy Rye was here. He reminded us to uh, please request a five star rating review on iTunes. Absolutely. And please. subscribe to the show on YouTube. Listen, just stop right now. Normally, I don't want people to stop listening. Stop listening. If you're listening on iTunes, real quick, bada bing, bada boom, click the review. We got like 200 subscribers on YouTube since our last episode, by the way. Mm, very nice. It's a nice gain for us. We don't want to bore everybody with just nonsense and nonsense about this stupid cheating scandal, but there's a couple of things that uh, came out over the week, or a couple, you know, a couple of clips in reference to this scandal that kind of want to go through here and kind of get some reactions to. Uh, we won't do a ton of it; we'll just do uh, three clips, and it's not even, you know, it's not going to be as. Uh, I what's, think uh, what's the word I'm looking for as uh, in depth in as, depth as it was last week. As, but I think each in, each person, as each person that we're going to play a clip from, had a specific uh, take on it that I think we should cover here, and then we're going to get into you know some actual Yankee related news. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the rundown here. The injuries continue, which we'll get into. Uh, two big components, uh, you would hope big components to the team in 2020, suffered some type of injury setback this week in Aaron Judge and Luis Severino. Uh, you also got uh, Rachel Balkovic, if I'm saying that correctly. I'm going to say Balk, just because it's a baseball term. Balkovic. Okay. You can go with that. Uh, the uh, NBC Nightly News did a little feature on her, which got her out in the uh, public eye this week. Is she Russian? Uh, I'm not really sure. Uh, she, she sounds like she, a fucking. She sounds like a Russian uh, MMA fighter. Why did you watch the video? No, she sounds like a, I'm saying her name. Oh, her name does sounds like a Russian okay. MMA fighter. I would, you said she's jacked up. She is. She uh, she was a strength and conditioning coach at one point for the uh, St. Louis Cardinals, and it definitely shows that she's not a stranger to the gym. So if if there was a if there was a boxing match, me versus her. Oh, she didn't. and Vegas had had a line out on it. Who would win? So How much money would I'm you not. Put on I'm not. I just want to because I don't bet. It's if you're minus, you're the favorite. If you're if you're minus anything, you are the favorite. So she'd be minus twenty five hundred. That's pretty fucked up. <laughs> she'd knock you out, and I would say KO first round. You wouldn't even make it out of the first minute. And it wouldn't be because I wouldn't hit a woman. It would just be because she would kick my ass. Uh, yeah. Uh, so her name got out there a little bit, even though the Yankees, uh, you know, they hired her a few months back. So we'll uh, we'll touch on her hiring a little bit. Uh, and then, like we said, we'll give a prediction for the fight, you know, like we did with the Super Bowl. And then we'll, you know, when you listen back Monday morning, we'll see who, who was right here. Um, I wanted to ask you this, too, while we were recording. I like these whole, I like to listen and react. And we both have said we don't want to overplay it. We don't want to, you know, do it so many times that it's, you know, gets outplayed. But I think we should try like once or twice a month, like make it a segment where we play something, uh, uh -huh, you know? Uh -huh. I like this. I liked how it played in last episode. If you don't listen to our last episode, I thought it was really great how it played out. Uh, speaking of playing today, the Yankees opened up their exhibition schedule with a 2-1 to loss to the Toronto Blue Jays at Steinbrenner Field. 
Um, Yankees Twitter was actually pretty funny today. Yeah, I mean, I can do without the sarcasm, though. Yeah, because you just you just don't know. You just never know a Yankees Twitter. Uh, Hap, I mean, it's better than not looking good. Hap looked pretty solid today. Two scoreless innings. Um, and we got to give a shout out to our boy Dan Federico because who's the what's one guy he said to look out for? Chris Gittins, yeah. right? Yeah, yep, yep. You gave he, him credit on Twitter. I saw he, that. He gave him the uh, he he counted for the only Yankee run today with a solo home run. So the Yankees dropped a two to one decision. Was it to right field. Yeah, he went oppo on that one. A little showing a little oppo power. So I mean, you're really not going to take much out of the first spring training game. It was nice to see them out. You know, just to see the Yankees out there playing ball again. The only regulars uh, were Lemayu, uh, Glaber, Urshela, and uh, if you want to count like a guy like Mike Ford and, and Higashioka, you know, those are guys that are probably going to make the team that were out there today. Andujar and Voigt are traveling Sunday. They'll be in the lineup, so that'll be interesting. It, the game's not televised, but it'll be interesting to see how. Game's televised tomorrow? No, I just said it's not televised. Oh, you said tomorrow they're they're traveling. Sorry. Yeah, the Yankees. Uh, and then Cole, Garrett Cole, will be making his Yankee debut on Monday. And I know a lot of people are freaking out. But go, how can you not televise that game? Because you you don't televise every spring training game. The Yankees. You can listen to it, right? It might be streaming somewhere. I saw the schedule. Uh, it tells you when it's on the fan and when it's on. Yes, it's actually not on either. So I mean, if um, if you if you uh. They're playing the Pirates, so I mean, if you have access to to the Pirates, maybe they're broadcasting it in some way. But it's not what really. If you have MLB TV, can't you get them on there? I think you can get the spring training games on there. It depends on what you know. If there's you know if they're broadcasting or not, you might get that one like single camera view, which you know is annoying to watch. But uh, it's for people that want to watch it on. Yes, it's not that big of a deal. You're going to get to see Garrett Cole plenty this year. Yeah, you probably don't want to see him tomorrow. You know? Uh, so, uh, the reason why he's starting Monday is it lines him up perfectly with opening day. Beautiful. So, that's the reason why he's pitching on Monday. It will line him up perfectly to go on opening day. So, you know, hopefully there's nothing, no roadblocks in the way there because God only knows with this team and uh, how, things are, how things are going. Not good, man. But, um... Before we actually get, you know, so the Yankees open up the exhibition schedule, but before we get into anything further with them, let's uh, let's break down some of this more fallout from the uh, cheating scandal, which, you know, the Astros uh, opened up their exhibition schedule today as well in a World Series rematch with the uh, Nationals. Nationals, and they started exactly zero starters today, which I mm. thought was actually against MLB rules that you had to start X amount of people that would be considered starters on your team. Just a bunch of cowards. But, you know, Manfred's been protecting the Astros throughout this, so why, a joke. why wouldn't he uh, continue to protect them in something like this? But uh, let's actually start with the commissioner, because a lot of people in uh, Houston were like, oh, well, we didn't do it in the postseason. Well, you kind of did. So uh, You kind of did. The Astros players have said that they were not using the trash can system at that time because you couldn't hear it. What were, how were the Astros relaying signs during the postseason? Um, the, the garbage can signaling went on in the postseason. I mean, we, you know, there was conflicting evidence on that point, but, you know, in an investigation, you often have conflicting evidence, and it was my view that the more credible evidence was that they continued to use the scheme in the postseason. Can you tell us what that evidence was? 
Yeah, it was statements from players. <laughs> statements. Oh, we won. Well, didn't Correa say we won that legitimately? Do like, you, in, you know what that last, and I sw- this just came to my head. I listened to that clip a few times. This just popped in my head. Do you know what I would have loved if the players weren't going to get penalized for anything? I would have loved for those statements to be public. Why not? Why not do that? Because I'm sure, you know. Uh, but don't we deserve being, to being at least ke- being kept their comments being kept anonymous was probably also part of the immunity of it all. Yeah, but wasn't isn't that the least? I mean, so fine. Put leave the comments anonymous. Leave them anonymous. But let me read their statements. Because uh, Correa was like, oh, Altuve didn't uh, bang the trash can or take the trash can bang. And then what if somebody said, yeah, Altuve <laughs> banged the trash can. If you wanted to go as far as removing all players' names from any statement and just telling me, at least laying out what these players were admitting was done in in some type of fashion, I don't even care which player was doing it. One of them was doing it, and all of them knew it. I don't care how many people were doing it. Let me just hear what they had to say. I want to get deeper into this. If I, if they're not going to get penalized, I want to know exactly what the hell was going on. Well, the point, I okay, I don't really care, to be honest with you. Oh. We know they did it. We know they did it now. We know they did it during the postseason. So, I mean, I don't really need to know any yeah, further specifics. You, but don't that. you feel like MLB's holding back on some stuff? Yeah, they held back on this. And the only reason why he came out and said, in my opinion, that Manfred came out and said that they did this in the postseason is because he screwed up the initial post uh, press conference so badly that he had to kind of throw everybody a bone here and say, oh, yeah, Houston did this in the postseason. Exactly. So this would have eliminated anything. We wouldn't have been questioning questioning anything. We could have known the full detail. But no, everything's hidden. Any the player's statements. Okay. Oh. Well, that, those mean nothing to me well, because I don't even know what they said. Well, you do know what they said. I mean, you you can you're smart enough to realize that what they said was we did this in the postseason. Okay, I don't know what's being omitted from what they said. How's that? Oh, I don't have a full statement. Okay, but the reason why I wanted to play this clip today is because I think I don't want to speak for you, but I would believe that you're on my side on this and saying that you don't want to see the title stripped. Uh, no, I don't. But um, no, I'm saving my other. I'm saving my butt. For the last clip, but no, I don't. As as a fan of the game, um, as a fan of the Yankees, no, I don't. I don't want to. But now we were always not that anybody really truly believed that they didn't continue to cheat in the postseason. But now that you have the commissioner coming out and confirming it, does it change your mind at all? No. About them being stripped of the title? No, because I I assumed it anyway. I assumed, and I think we have every right to assume this that. That happened in 2017, in the postseason, regular season, 18, and 19. There is no reason why we should think that this team stopped. Because, again, was this something that was told to us when the original report came out? No. So who's who's to say they weren't doing this shit in 18 and 19? The commissioner went, you know what? This investigation is for 17 right now. Let's leave it at that. This is what we're going to release. Let's not make this bigger than it than it has to be. The Astros will do that for us when they open their mouths. I don't I, I don't want to see the title stripped. I think maybe in the record books you can put an asterisk in there. But at this point, everybody wants to see some sort of punishment. You know the players aren't getting punished here. What 
would it accomplish by taking the title away? You know, every to me, it still doesn't accomplish anything. The confirmation that he cheated in the postseason is just that. It's confirmation. If Can we circle back to this? Can you be sure to circle back to this after we play Stanton's clip? Because I do have something to say that kind of goes against our thoughts and our feelings on it. But I don't want to say it now. I want to wait until after, after Stanton talks. I mean, if they took the title away, do you feel any better that the Yankees lost in 2017? Does that make you You're feel talking to better? Me as, a, as a fan still. Are you asking me directly? Yes. No, it doesn't make me feel any better. Uh, you know, please... Tweet us at NYY Sports Talk. Tweet me directly at Christian underscore NYYSC. Or Chris, leave us a review. Yeah, or leave us a review with this answer. If they strip the Astros of the title, do you feel better about losing the 2017 ALCS? And to me, no. It would actually make me feel worse. I would rather say, I would rather see a champion in there, to be honest with you. Now to say that like this, because basically now that season doesn't exist. Right. And that's you the way. Play, you played the whole year for nothing. Because no one was titled. Give them the fucking title. I don't care. I don't care because I can't go back to that. Mo- Let me ask you this question. Here's the, here's the perfect way to answer all of this. If they stripped the title and said the Yankees, they don't, they stripped the title, but they say the Yankees actually advanced to the World Series against the Dodgers and they're going to replay it. Before the season starts, <laughs> how could you even do that? Okay, just just answer the question that you can use the players on your roster now. Who cares? Are you excited for that? No. Why? It doesn't count. It's it doesn't it doesn't mean anything to me. Exactly. So who cares who has the title in twenty seventeen? So you mean to tell me like you would replay a World Series three years later if that was something that somebody it's wanted hypo- to come no, up with? It's a hypothetical question to you to say who cares because. Let's just say... The 2017 Yankees didn't earn a World Series. That's all I'm saying. They didn't. No one no one really did. But who cares if they got... As fans, we should not care that the Astros have a World Series. It affects us in no way. You can't go back in time. If you told me there was a time machine and we could press a button and go back to 2017 and pull the Astros and the Yankees make it, then fine. But right now, there's no time machine. This is doing nothing. Who cares as fans? You know, as fans. As maybe, and again, and then we'll move on to the next clip. Maybe I would feel differently if I saw the Yankees lose 7-6 to six in game 6 and I'd 7. I'd definitely be more pissed. Maybe I would feel a little bit differently about it. But when you don't score and you, you have no credible evidence that the pitchers were cheating for Houston, I mean, we really don't have a leg to stand on. No, no. I would I would definitely be more pissed if the games were like you said 7-6, 10-8. But the Yankees didn't score runs those last two games. And David Robinson can come out and say whatever he wants about getting hammered in game 6 and that's fine. He can feel however he feels about it. Well, you could have went out there and threw up a goose egg and the Yankees still would have lost cuz they didn't score. So, right. I mean all right, now everybody's favorite around here. David Ortiz decided he wanted to open up his friggin' mouth about the the whole scandal, but he had a, this wasn't a, exactly geared towards how he felt about the use and Astros cheating. It's about the whistleblower Mike Fires. I, I I'm mad at uh, uh, this guy, the pitcher that came out talking about it. And let me tell you why. Oh, after you make your money, after you get your ring, you decide to talk about it. Why don't you talk about it during the season? 
when it was going on? Why, why, why you didn't say, I don't want to be no part of? Oh, now. So you look like a snitch. You know what I mean? Why you got to talk about it after? Why you, that's, that's, it's going to be a huge distraction for the gang for a while. And you don't want that. Here's my problem with David Ortiz. You took steroids, okay? You did. Everybody knows it. You can claim that you didn't. Your name came up on the list, but he seems to be one of these guys that skates clean with it. I think that's irrelevant. Uh, it's not irrelevant because when it comes to cheating and, and snitching about people cheating and you're a cheater yourself, this is probably something that you should just keep your mouth shut about. Yeah, but I don't think... I think if he came out and said... We need to give the Astros a break, and this shouldn't be such a big deal. Then I would, I'd be on board. All right, with you. so let's say he didn't cheat himself. Was he not teammates with a cheater? Sure. Why didn't he say anything? Well, he well, never yeah, said. But he well, never said it. That's right. He said he didn't want again, to be a snitch about it. But again, he's. But if he came out, uh, he would only be contradicting himself if he came out ten years later and and snitched on people. That's his biggest issue with this. I understand that. But my point is that when you're a cheater, you don't comment on other people and how they react to cheating. Is Alex Rodriguez going to comment on it? And he hasn't, and he's not going to. No, because he's, not once. If he's doing an Astros game, it's not going to come up, and he's not going to make his comments. He's going to. Why haven't we heard from him? Uh, I mean, come on. There's not one known steroid user who's come out and made comments there's certain people that should not comment about these things and one of them is is david ortiz he he brings up a fair point in saying that why didn't fire say anything while it was going on well he's not going to i mean it's going to benefit him now if you are no longer on the team you're going to you're going to tell your new teammates about this I guess this is why I'm somewhat defending Ortiz on this. I'm not defending him. I just feel like he's not totally in the wrong. And it's because I feel two two ways about Mike Fires right now. Putting aside all the Stanton bullshit, just strictly on this situation, someone needed to do it. Whether you're going to he's going to look bad or good or whatever, someone needed to do this. So that's where I go against Ortiz when he says this is a distraction for the game for a long time. It's not It's not a good thing. No, what's not a good thing is a team cheating other teams for a long time and no one's saying anything. That's truly what's not a good thing. So that's where I go against him. But here's where I kind of am with him with the whole fires thing. You know, if you if you were genuine about it, if you genuinely had an issue with it, why Why did you go along with it? Because you knew it was working, and you knew you were going to get something out of it. Plain and simple. That's where he's always going to be see, in he, the wrong. But see, here's where I kind of side with fires a little bit. Um, he's not a snitch in the sense that he didn't snitch on his teammates. He snitched on an opposing team now. Because this is where Houston was kind of... Uh, they were kind of like blind to the consequences of this whole thing. Uh, yeah, you're cheating. Your teammates at the time are not going to say anything because it's going to benefit everybody on the team. But we live in a world of free agency. We live in a world where people get traded. 
what did you think was going to happen? Did you think that now guys were going to leave Houston after 2017 and just be okay with you cheating against them? This is the only, especially that fires went to a team in your in the division, right? So look here, this is the only thing I back when the players say Beltron might have had an impact on how they felt towards it, not bullying them to do it. But it seems pretty clear that Beltron, one of Beltron's biggest things was everyone's doing it. Everyone's doing it. We got to get keep up with the times and whatever. So in that regard, I probably wouldn't have had any concern with a player leaving and snitching. If this is something that's done league wide, then I probably wouldn't have had that thought at the time. But I, and I don't think fires is wrong for doing what he did. I just see where people are coming from when they say he's wrong because you're kind of a, you know, you're kind of a hypocrite. You are, no matter what you say, you are, you were part of it. You could have said something you didn't. All these people that spoke out against it though. What do you think they feel about fires? Because they're all pissed about the cheating, but if fires doesn't open his mouth, then there's really nothing to talk about. Like I just said, you're going to be right and wrong. In this situation, someone had to do it. Mike Fires was that guy. It's ballsy on his part to do it I while respect, he's still I, in the league. Listen, I respect it more than I more than I think he's, you know, a hypocrite for doing it. I respect him for doing while it. while he still got a career going on. He he decided yeah. to do this because normally this is the type of thing that somebody would wait and say once they're retired. I think he saw the impact, and I think he not just on the Astros positively. But I think he saw the impact negatively on some other players. And I think it just got to be too much. And I and we all know he wasn't the only one. He was just the big name that came out and gave the most. You know, it's gonna be it will be interesting though if uh the Astros are on Sunday night baseball this year, if A Rod tries to not comment about it. Because I think there's a reason why we probably haven't heard from him yet at this point about it, considering we've heard from a lot of people about it. And my whole thing with Ortiz is while he does make some solid points, you know, we really don't want to hear about a cheater. What, from a cheater? You know, about cheating from a cheater. And I agree with you on that. I'm Look, he, could he have gotten away with not saying anything? Yeah, it probably would have been best. But I don't disagree with what he's saying. I get what he's saying. I don't know. Maybe he just doesn't like Mike Viers. Maybe he has something against him. Maybe, let's see. Who was one of his pals over in uh, in Boston? You know, what if it was uh, what if it was someone he played with for a few years in Boston? What if Jason Veritek came out and outed everybody that did steroids on the old four Red Sox? You know, well that he would be pissed off about too. <laughs> I'm saying, what if it, what if Mike Fires was, you know, give me a name. What if Mike Fires was Dustin Pedroia? Would he be saying the same thing? No, he wouldn't. That's what I was saying about Veritek. What if Veritek snitched on everybody? No, no, no. What if Pedro- let hypothetically Pedroia knew for a fact the Astros were cheating back in 2017 and came out now and said it? Of course, Ortiz would be pissed if any Red Sox came out and ripped on the Red Sox. I'm saying, what if one of his buddies, one of his pals came out uh, and said it about the Astros. He uh, wouldn't be opening his uh, mouth. No, uh, right? Probably not. 
So maybe it's something personal too. No, we know somebody that does have something personal with Mike Fires, and that's John Carl Stanton, who, when he reported to camp this week, decided he was going to weigh in on the situation as well. Do you think Fires called called Stanton and was like, "This is my apology," and then he released the story? No. no. I don't think the the penalties were were harsh enough, players wise. Uh, player wise, um, I think that. Um, at the end of the day, it gives you it gives more incentive to to do that if, if you're not going to punish the, the, the players. They did their investigation and it was clean cut that they cheated that year, which means um, it should be taken away. I mean, if uh, if if you cheat in another way during the season, you can't can't even be in the playoffs. So therefore, it would be eliminated. So it's pretty much the same same difference if i knew what was coming in 17 i probably would have hit 80 plus home runs (laughs) you know the repercussions of of doing something like that and you're only really sorry because you got caught not because and you have all this uh they're not sorry not the actual um action so if they don't have discipline from higher ups then um they will have to get police itself all right, well, there's three things that we need to discuss regarding this clip from Stan. Number one being that he makes an excellent point there that if you are caught cheating in other ways, mainly steroids, you're ineligible for the postseason. So, again, does that lead any credence to stripping no. the title? No, because let's just say... I mean, it didn't happen in the moment, that's but... Not, that's the point. If A-Rod gets caught uh, 2009, if he tests positive... During the playoffs, they're pulling him. But if he tests positive and that test doesn't come back until, you know, mid-summer of 2010, they're not going to go back and erase everything he did, right? It's over with. He pays the penalty now. He pays the penalty now, which these players are not in any way. And here's my point of asking me as a fan, but, but then after listening to Stanton, I started thinking about it as a player. The players? The players. I'd be pretty pissed off, man. I would want to see their title stripped. Because fuck, dude. These guys these guys work their asses off. And hey, when a team wins a World Series, it's not just all parties and popping champagne and parades and everything. What else happens? Well what else gets what else is given to you? Money. Yeah. And and what do you do with that money? Who do you support? Your family. Yeah, so these guys are working their asses off. Imagine you work your ass off to support your family and some guy just keeps fucking beating you for a bonus every month, every single month, and you need that bonus. You want that bonus. You work your ass off for it, and then you find out a year or two years later that they've been cheating the whole time. Don't you want to see that bonus taken away? I'm not getting it. No, what? If, no, I know that, but don't you want to say screw you? I mean, you took it out of my pocket. You should be penalized. Imagine imagine that person did that and they weren't even Yeah, penalized. but even if you're taking the title away, you're not getting their bonus money back. So that's... But just hear me out for one second. I'm not... Take, just put aside what you would get at this point. Wouldn't it infuriate you to see them not even penalized? Not in... Let's say that bonus continued because you were now highly regarded... And you were getting, and they were getting paid more than you. 
in some way, wouldn't you want to see that be, even if it's not stripped in some way, shape, or form, be just have something that says, no, it wasn't genuine. It wasn't real. That's what these players want. That's why so many of these players are coming out and, and saying they want the title stripped because they were cheated. Whether they were on a good team or not, they compete just like everyone else, and they were cheated. And the people who are reaping the benefits are not even reprimanded one bit. They're going out there and talking like a bunch of jerk-offs, and it's fine. And the commissioner comes out two days later or whatever and still defends them. Yeah, he said, oh, you know, it was a mess. They didn't, But it doesn't matter. He still came out and defended them with the whole hit-by-pitch hit shit. So he's, they're still being protected. Imagine that. That's where the players are coming from. And that's where, if I'm a Major League Baseball player, I do want to see something happen. I do. Well, part two of his comment there is that he, uh, if he, he said if he knew what was coming, and then that leads all the Stan haters to come out and say, yeah, he snows every time. Strike two, he's going to get a slider low and away, and he can't hit it. <laughs> is that a, uh, I yeah. think Maggie Grain. Yeah, well, moves. she wasn't the, uh, she wasn't the only one that started with that. That was all over social media too. So, I mean, she probably took credit. Yeah, I mean, the guy. I mean, a bad year for him. He still hit thirty-eight home runs. So, I mean. Anyway, I'm uh, so sick. Just I know I know we can't get into it, but I'm so sick of listening to guys just talk about him like he's nothing. Like on the fan the other morning, I'm listening to Geo talk, and he's like, Stanton should just keep his mouth shut because he's irrelevant right now. He didn't even play last year. And then they sit and then I think it was uh he was on with Jerry Recco. And he said, Yeah, but you know, he played the year before. And then Gio was like, yeah, well, he had a shit year. No, he didn't. He's not irrelevant. He was injured. He's still one of the best players in baseball, right or wrong. Come on. A guy hits 38 home runs with 100 RBIs in his first year while hurt. And he sucks. He's irrelevant. And uh, part three, which is the main part of the uh clip that we wanted to discuss is the uh when stan kind of said well they're not going to do anything about it you know this thing's going to police itself and you know are we going to see beanball wars this year when it comes to the Houston astros oh yeah big time vegas actually set a number at i believe 83 and a half for the amount of times that uh houston will get hit by a pitch this year yeah that's going over because uh, you got to imagine how many are unintentional and that's kind of sounds like a high number, but it's right on par with how many times the Mets were hit by pitches last year. So, were the Mets the most? I believe the Mets led the league last year, and the Yankees and Astros were the bottom two in terms of hit by pitch. Uh, the beanball war is not going to be good for the game. It's just not. I don't really want to see it, to be honest with you. It's not going to accomplish anything. I don't necessarily want to see it. I don't mind seeing it. Um, I more want to see hostility between the, the teams because you go back to any clip, any postseason clip, judge gets on second base. What What's he doing? He's talking and joking with Altuve. Gets to third. He's talking to Bregman. Not anymore. I want to see that interaction. I want to see what it's like for these players 
on the field together. I just, uh, uh, what are you, what are you going to do? Just going to start throwing at guys? What are you going to? I think what, some guys what, take it a little more personally than others, and I think that's going to be how they, how they kind of react wonder, to the situation. What teams are going to feel more? Uh, feel more like you know, be more likely to do something like that. You know, do the do the Detroit Tigers care about Houston cheating? You know, it's like a just for a yeah. team that you don't really hear, no, you haven't heard anything about. Do they really care? Are they going to go out there and be like, "Oh, we're just going to start"? Yeah, throwing. I mean, and and I'll say this for anybody out there because uh, Josh Reddick came out and said that he's douche. receiving he's receiving death threats and somebody. Uh, wrote a letter saying that he wished cancer on his kids. Let me just say this. The Houston Astros cheated at a baseball game. Yes. Okay? You have to learn that in the grand scheme of things, wishing death upon people's children okay. for cheating at a baseball game? So wrong. Beyond wrong. But did he did he show you the letter? Do we know for Do sure? You, but knowing what you know about being on the internet, do you really think it didn't happen? Um, I th- maybe to the extent he said. I don't know if I fully believe him. I think because we've for, we've for been. Uh, I've seen enough out there to to fully believe that people on the Houston Astros have received death threats. Whether about it's it. true or not, if you're doing it and if you think it's that extreme, you need to check yourself in somewhere. It's seriously not that. Imp- it's not. It's really not that important to be wishing death upon people for cheating at a baseball game. You want to say Reddick's a scumbag douche? He is. I don't like him at all. His statement, let's see, this is what he wants. He wants us to be distracted from his real statement, which was we have to shut them up and and we'll do that on the field this year in 2020. Yeah, he's a cheater at baseball, but this is a grander societal thing where you don't go around wishing death upon people for doing something that is in the terms of the real world is not just what if you do it to yourself like joking if you're like oh fucking hate that jerk off hope he dies like you do all the time yes i don't really hope it most of the time i would never i listen in all seriousness if you're doing shit like that come on man take a step back and just realize what the fuck you're doing if this guy's really getting death threats which again I don't need to believe him. I'm not going to pity him. I really... Well, Jeff Passon wrote a story about it, so I got to think there's some credibility there to it. Or yeah, else he wouldn't listen, have... I'm sure there is. I don't pity him at all, but I do think it's wrong. It should That should never fucking happen, ever. And especially leave the guy's family out of it. Seriously. You want to do it to him that's bad enough? Keep Keep the kids out of it. Keep his wife out of it. She's annoying too, though. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I think we can put a bow on this and hopefully never talk about it again, but I'm sure something else will come out again this week. We're still waiting for the results of the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, we should uh, hear this Investigation week. in 2018, so I'm sure that'll dominate the airwaves next week. So that, um, that should be fun. I did want to say one thing, because you made a point with, like, the Tigers. Do they really care? Who's the most outspoken person? That's saying that they're going to get retaliation. Was that like Mike Clevenger? Yeah. And why? Because the for people who don't know, the Indians did have a claim put in that they felt the Astros were cheating when they were playing. So, 
yeah, maybe he's taking it a little more personally than others. Maybe he's got a couple screws loose. Seems like it a little. Well, he's on the injured list right now, so I don't know when the Astros and Indians are going to play, if he'll be back in time for that. So he might miss mm. his chance. Speaking of injuries. Yeah. Uh, it didn't start off. This week didn't start off so great with the news that Aaron Judge, when he reported the camp, was being scratched for uh, a shoulder situation. Now it's the last thing on your mind. Because it's actually, I, I didn't really check up on it after I heard the news that he was actually going to be in the cage on Friday. So, did he is, swing though? I saw him in the cage. I saw him taking live BP, but not swinging. Just, just to get a look, to get a feel. I heard he was taking swings. No, I, I'm not saying it was Friday. It could have been Thursday when he was just looking. I haven't seen any footage of him actually swinging, so I didn't know. But I this mean, doesn't seem too concerning. No, and, and even if it was like a little concerning, it's still the last thing on your mind. It really is because Judge missing twenty games is a lot less concerning than Paxton and Severino missing God knows how many for how many months. I mean, Jesus, two big blows back to back. Hey, remember when? Uh, Remember when Hap was our fifth starter and we were fine with it? And then he was our fourth, so we had to just kind of eat it. Guess what, folks? Now he's your third. And that's my problem. That's where I start to kind of hold my breath a little bit. And again, it's not that the Yankees can't sustain any type of success. Well, he was the uh, season. Aaron Judge hit off a tee on Friday. Okay. And uh, he he gave Aaron Boone a thumbs up when he was done, and then he went on, and then uh, Boone went on to say everything is moving the way that it should. Heard that he, before. He hasn't taken full cuts since arriving in camp when he uh, reported sh- uh, shoulder soreness in his right shoulder. But as Boone went on to say, it was a good day for him. Uh, Boone also went on to say that they won't be in a rush to put him in a game because of where we are in the calendar. But he thinks he's pretty much good to go. So it might even sound like. If this was the regular season, he'd be playing. This is just because we're at, you know, right now it's February 22nd, and there really is no yeah. rush to... If you're in August right now, he's playing. Playing through it. And then this leads to... See, but this is where this opens up Aaron Judge to criticism when people complain that he's injury-prone. Again, we're you're counting 2018 in, the, in him being injury-prone, which you can't... It's not really fair to him. Because if he didn't miss all that time in 2018, do you do you say that he's injury prone? No, assuming that he he doesn't break the hand and he stays healthy the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not even thinking about it. He needs to give you 145 to 150 games this year. That is without question. He's got to be on the field for at least that many games this year. Yeah, I mean, there's really there's two guys that stand out to me as injury prone position player wise and I'm not even going to throw Stanton in there because Stanton again it was like all over last year it was his knee it was whatever it was all over the place freak things but the two guys who stand out to me can you guess them I mean they probably well, Gary's see. one of them yeah and the other guy you probably can't even think of because he's fucking injured is Aaron Hicks yeah so those are the two guys that are, you want to talk injury prone those are the guys that come to my mind it's not Aaron Judge yet but I'm starting to question it. I mean, let's see how he comes back and rebounds and 
you know, if he stays the course here and he comes back healthy and it doesn't give him issues where he's missing time throughout the year. Uh, I'm telling you right now, Judge misses significant time over the shoulder, then I'm going to start saying, yeah, maybe he is. I think we're a little too early for some of the hot takes we heard this week about the Yankees having to move on from him too. So I think we, oh, can, just, we can just put that to bed. I'm so happy I don't listen to, to most people anymore. How quickly we forget. Oh, yeah. Uh, somebody that we really, I, I don't think that the Yankees need to move on from him, but his Yankee career, if things are headed down this path, could be over before we even really saw the potential. And that is Luis Severino, who uh, was shut down, uh, complaining about forearm tightness. And, the, and automatically, everybody goes to Tommy John surgery before... And then not only that, but how stupid the Yankees and their doctors are. Uh, he would have pitched in... in uh, who said this today? I think you, I heard it on the fan. Sweeney might have said it. That if there was a game seven, Seve was taking the ball. Yeah. And it doesn't bother him when he throws a slider. It doesn't bother him when he throws his fastball. Really? It bothers doesn't bother him. him when he throws a slider? Nope. Only, he only feels it when he throws his changeup. Okay, that's good then. Because my biggest concern was... Um, Throwing that slider, that's why that's how I popped my elbow out. The motion that you use and come down with your with your wrist, it tugs on that tendon. And I thought and and I do need Tommy John. If I was uh, actually making money pitching, I would have had to have gotten Tommy John. I need it. But the first pain was in my forearm. So that's why it scared me immediately when I heard it. But if it's not giving him pain when he's throwing a slider, just a changeup, I mean, that's a completely different uh, pain. That's that's your wrist facing up and the ball sliding up out of your hand, whereas the slider coming down and it yanks on that tendon in the forearm that leads to whatever pulls when you need Tommy John, that's at least a positive thing. That's a silver lining, I guess you can say. Well, what makes me concerned... About the uh, about Luis Severino is that let me just find the exact words that Aaron um, not Aaron Boone Brian Cashman oh, when he said oh Cashman Cashman said Sebi. he said that it could quote be significant and that it's quote possible that Severino starts the year on the injured list now Yankees never came out and made any bold statements like that about Aaron Judge's injury they did about Luis Severino's injury now. Here's another thing that uh, you need to know about Luis Severino. He's had several tests done since the uh, since the Yankees were eliminated. They don't find anything. Yeah. So now on Monday, he's going to go for three days of testing. And so we should know something by late Wednesday, Thursday uh, about what his status is. Now, I'm telling you right now, if I had to bet, he's going to have surgery this year. And it's maybe not as severe as Tommy John, but he does have that loose, they call it a loose body in the elbow. It's like a bone chip or something. They'll, if nothing else, they're going to go in there and clean that out. Maybe he has carpal tunnel. Maybe. And if he goes to go and get that cleaned out, what's he get? Oh, no, Chris, there's a fly in here. You're going to have a heart attack? Oh, geez. That's a big one. Uh, if he goes and has um you know that cleanup if they don't you know if it's not Tommy John what's he going to miss a month two months maybe still not something you want to see but that's no. a, that's pretty it's a pretty good 
sign though or a prognosis. Yeah, I, but I mean, each year with this guy, we're like, okay, this has to be his year. Sevi has to, Sevi has to, you know, really show us something. What is this? He just handed me a piece of paper. Did I? <laughs> wow. How far off were you? You were pretty far off. So far off. Thanks, pal. Uh, so if he goes in there for the cleanup, you're not happy that he might miss a couple months, but again, you know, it might be a Paxton type thing where, you know, you're seeing him in late May, June, and that's not too bad. It really isn't. So we'll just see from there. Um, again, if he has Tommy John surgery, I don't even want to think about it because then the Yankees really probably need to go out there and what's the status of his, um, his contract right now. This is the second year of the four-year extension that he signed. Okay. So the first year was a wash. You want the second year to be a wash and possibly, the, you know, guys come back from Tommy John differently. So he can, you know, three to two and a half years of four years. Yeah. And like, and then it's like, can he still move him if he doesn't pitch this year? If you really wanted to move him for a couple pieces. Yeah, probably. But A, who the hell are you getting back? And B, why not just at that point? Let the guy ride it out and see if he can stay healthy and do something. So, and, so if he comes back and they say, fuck it, let's see if he could do something, and he does shit, he's just completely lost his value anyway. And it's like you said, and it's like we keep saying, you didn't want, and so it's the same thing with CeCe Sabathia. You didn't want Hap to move past the fifth starter spot. Well, Paxton's hurt, so now he became the fourth starter. Now yep. Sevy's hurt, now he became the third starter. And, you know... I really think that the Yankees want Jordan Montgomery to take a spot. And uh, Jonathan Wysak is actually out of option. So he's got to make this team out of spring training. And you hear that the Yankees might like him. They might like openers. The Wysak is out of options? Yeah. that's I what know that. I heard that on the broadcast today that he's out of options. So he's going to be on the team. I mean, I can't imagine any scenario where the Yankees designate this no, guy. No, no, no. They, they like him. Uh, they also like they also like Sessa. I mean, Sessa's a guy who can give you maybe four innings to start the year. Maybe you, you can stretch him to five. I mean, we, we saw a better Luis Sessa in 2019 than we probably had in his Yankee career up to that point. He was more consistent, uh, I would say. I did another show this week. I did a, I did an interview on another show, and one of my points was, you, you know, again, I'm not freaking out because I. I still am confident in this Yankees team, even with these guys injured through the regular season. The problem is you were, A, you were excited to see them all. I mean, we were excited to have one of the strongest rotations in baseball. But the second reason is that there was just such a good balance to this rotation where we were like, you know what? We got a couple, we got a couple guys right now who can eat some innings and maybe you're, you know, if you, you don't have to use the opener anymore. So now Maybe we could keep most of our bullpen guys fresh. Now, I mean, I don't care who you throw in these spots. You're you're throwing guys out there that you don't know what, what they're capable of, and you're going to be running through guys every other time these starters are out there. You're going to be running through bullpen guys. You can't trust that these guys can go out there and eat significant innings for you. That's two spots in your rotation now that are almost like openers. That's where my concern is because that is a direct effect to the freshness of the bullpen arms down September, October when it matters. Well, Paxton's on the mend. I heard today within 10 days, they expect him to start playing catch, which is a good sign. Yes. 
So oh. hopefully it's the shorter end of that time frame. And the Yankees might be very, very cautious this year with timelines where, you know, if they tell you six weeks, maybe it's really only three or four, but they just rather be safe right now because of the history of last year with these shitty timelines. Maybe, you know, maybe he's going to progress much quicker than we think. You were okay. You're not that you were okay with it, but Paxton, you were, you were like, okay, you know what? I'll live with it. Now, you, had, you had the Severino news on top of it, and now you're going Cole Tanaka, yeah. Hap, question mark, question mark. It's tough. I mean, it, it's not really. I mean, you're, who was the ace last year? We didn't really have one. Yeah. At least you got that horse at the top of the rotation this year. Right. You still got Tanaka. You still got Hap. I like those three better than when you were throwing Tanaka, Hap, CC out there last year. Who else was a starter for this team last year? I can't even think of who. Paxton, uh, well, uh, obviously Paxton, but Paxton was pretty much lost for a good portion of the year. And, and he missed time. And he did miss time. So I do, even still having Cole at the top of the rotation, you still feel good. Not great. But I did see uh, they broke, and I couldn't grab get a screen grab of it. Uh, I wanted to, but I couldn't grab it in time. I couldn't pause the TV in time. It actually broke down uh, half starts last year. He had two, like, 10-start stretches where he pitched to a sub-4 ERA last year. One of them was alongside Paxton. When Towards Paxton, the end of the year. Yeah. He was really, he was actually pretty when Paxton good. Paxton had his 10 or 11 straight win starts where he had an ERA under two. Uh, Hap was also pitching brilliantly. The problem with Hap is that when he's not on, he's Off. he's not on. He's like, just, he doesn't no, exist. He, there's no way for him to pitch well when he doesn't have good stuff that day. Right. But if you want to take any type of encouragement out of it, he actually had better stretches than bad stretches last year. More good stretches than bad stretches last year. Yeah, It's just I, that his bad stretches are bad. Yeah, and I think we had higher expectations of Hap last year because of what he did when he first came here. But Plus, he, juice balls, right. fly ball pitcher. Right. And, I like, mean, here's I mean, the biggest thing. You want to look thing. at it that way, too. Here's the biggest thing. We go, we talk about the Yankees in the postseason this year and that, you know, they got Cole, but on top of that, no team should really challenge them. Let's transfer that to the regular season as well. What teams out there are you really that the Yankees can't overcome some pitching injury that they're really going to, you know, dig themselves into a hole? There's really not many teams out there this year. It's, this year is very watered down and very top heavy. And it was last year, but I think it is even more this year. It's just how much do you th- how big of a threat do you think the Rays are going to be this year? They won 96 games last year. Yeah, do you think they're better? Do you think do you think the Yankees are going to come down from 103? I see the Rays winning right around the same mark, 94 to 96. This year. Are the Yankees going to be close to 100? Because then if they are, they're going to win the division yeah, rather no, easily. I think the Yankees are going to be over 100 again. I do. There's just, again, it's it's not even as so much as the Yankees being so great. It's that the competition is just isn't there. I mean, honestly, look at the entire central division right now. Who's the biggest threat? The The Indians? Is Kluber, well, no, Minnesota is. I mean, obviously. Dude. 
Let's not talk about Minnesota. You want to say who the biggest threat is? It's not going to be the Indians. The Indians are in, are definitely in a rebuild mode uh, after trading Kluber and White I, Sox are on the rise, but they're nowhere near ready to be any. Type and the of Royals and uh, Tigers are terrible. They're just trash teams. So that's a whole division, pretty much. Because yeah, the Twins are good, but the Yankees own the Twins. That's a whole division. You're you're just dominating. And then you even want to go to the West. Right, the Astros, who don't get me wrong, could be great again this year, but who knows what kind of effect this takes on them? What kind of toll? They're big. If you if you don't even think that the cheating scandal is going to affect them on the field, their biggest question mark is their starting rotation after losing Garrett Cole. If Justin Verlander is going to be an ace, then they're probably going to be really good this year. If he's going to finally get old, then they're not going to. I don't think they're going to be very good this year. Even if you don't take the cheating into the, the way the scandal affects them into account, if he's not going to be good, I think they're going to be as good as Justin Verlander is. Look, the way that the way this league is set up this year, really good teams are going to be great teams are going to play as great teams and really great teams. were going to be unstoppable. The Yankees. We're supposed to go into this year as a really great team and really steamroll. And right now we've just gone down to a really good team, which I'm fine with. But it's going to affect the win column, and it's going to affect – it's really our only concern, and our biggest concern is going to be how many games can the Rays win again. You're right. I mean, that's that's really it. Other than that, they'll be – can they still win the division if – Paxton and Sevy missed significant time. Yeah. Can they win a World Series without those two? I don't know. I mean, I just don't know. I don't know if you can win a World Series with Garrett. I mean, Garrett Cole, Tanaka, and Happ as your three starters. No, I mean, you'd have to you'd have to uh, make some type of move to have a solid three. But. But I, I think Paxton will be back and fine. I just worry about Severino. And we'll, like we said, we really won't know anything until midweek. One good thing about Paxton, yeah, he's hurt all the time, but he bounces back nicely. I mean, he dealt with that knee shit after he came back, but he worked himself through it. And, he he, took and him look a, at how dominant he it was. It took him a while to figure out how to pitch with the brace and everything. Yeah, and the but pain and it's that. not like he stepped back and went back on the, D, on the IL and missed more significant time. He worked through it, and he, and he recovered well. More than well. I mean, he was one of the best pitchers in baseball for 10, 11 games. Uh, next week, we'll give a little preview of the show here. Uh, we do want to get into the Guardy Stalker story that came out this week, but we'll wait till Stack Guy rise here because he's got a close personal connection with Guardy, so yes. we'll get his take on Absolutely. it. Um, and also next week, we've been saying that we're going to do this, and unless something major bombshell again with this stupid scandal or we got to break down what happened with the Red Sox uh, happens and takes over the show, um, we're going to use, and I actually, <clears throat> I don't I didn't run this by Chris, but I don't think he'll have a problem with it. We're going to use Fred's projections on baseball reference to play a little over-under with the uh, with some of the Yankees, I like that. And we're gonna post some polls on our tr- first time listeners. Can you explain who Fred is? Uh, Fred is the algorithm that uh, it, we name. Well, we named him Fred. We named the algorithm that Baseball Reference uses to we personified him uh, to make projections for the 2020 season. We named him Fred, and he's an alcoholic, and he hates the Yankees. Well, I don't know if he's an alcoholic. I think he just hates the Yankees. Both. Uh, 
So we'll use some of Fred's projections and we'll put them out there as over-under numbers for uh, the significant players on this team and we'll let you vote on them and then we'll discuss them on the show next week. Maybe we'll break. Maybe we'll do it two in two parts. We'll do the pitchers and then the hitters. We'll see how uh, I decide to to go along with that. Maybe pitchers and hitters. It might be too much to do everybody in one show. Uh, so that we'll just pick. We'll pick like significant guys. Yeah, you, yeah. I but guess they're all pretty significant, though, right now. I mean, you still might come up with twenty names, you know. Yeah. So we'll see how. Well, you know, those a little look ahead to next week. Um, but just to close out the show here, we did want to talk about Ra- Rachel Balkovic. Balkovic. Uh, however, you uh, I we don't want to disrespect her by saying her name incorrectly. Uh, but I don't also want to bring up the clip to get the proper pronunciation. But uh, she's uh a female hitting instructor, hitting coach that the Yankees hired for their minor leagues. Uh, she's one of three female minor uh, female coaches in Major League Baseball in 2020. Uh, she's also believed to be the first full-time uh, employ- female uh, coach employed by a Major League team. Uh, this is her third stop in the Major League. She was a strength and conditioning coach with the St. Louis Cardinals. She also had a job. I don't remember, recall exactly what uh, she did with the Houston Astros. Maybe she was the trash can banger. Maybe. Uh, uh, I, we don't really know. Um, Balkovic. Balkovic. Uh, so I was right. Her name, as we said earlier in the show, her name came out really in the news this week because NBC Nightly News did a feature on her. Uh, so I figured we'd just bring it up briefly. I have absolutely zero problem with the Yankees hiring a female coach, like zero. And I really detest anybody that does for for the fact that she's a female. I detest anybody that has that that take on it. Absolutely. To be, to be if, honest listen, with you. If she was just hired because she's a female and the Yankees at their, you know, at their core don't really believe she's fit for the job. But I also don't think the Yankees that's would a, do something. That's like a problem. That. No. Just because she's a woman. And the Yankees are actually kind of uh, progressive in that way because Brian Cashman was the first one to have an assistant GMB, a female. He had Kim, uh, her her last name is just NG. I, just, I think it's just pronounced Eng. Mm, Eng. So she was his, or Gene, no, or Gene Afterman also. He's had women in the front office before it. So it's not like something that he's opposed to yeah. doing something like no, this. No, look, she, apparent, from everything I've heard, she's phenomenal. And if she is that good and that passionate and works that hard, I don't care if she's a female, male, whatever. I don't really care. Uh, that's awesome. I'm not. I'm just not the type of person because I'm... I truly just, I don't judge people based on gender, race, anything. I just want to see what she's made of. I want to see her results. I if think, she got the job based on merit, absolutely. Then why do I? Why should I have a problem with it? Because she's a woman, right? If the Yankees are doing this as a publicity stunt, that I have a problem with. Because right. why are you exactly? What you know? Then it's then it's a problem to me, not because she's a woman, but it's a problem to me because it's not right for her. It's not right to her. It's not fair to her. What I didn't really care for in the piece is that she admitted to changing her name to Ray when she was applying for jobs because when she went as Rachel, she wasn't getting callbacks. So she kind of had to snake around the system a little bit. But 
in fairness to her, also like she's kind of feeling like, hey, I'm not getting the proper respect because I, I like that though because I am a woman, and this kind of did get her foot in the door to get a job in Major League Baseball now as a full time coach with the Yankees. So and, you know what that proves to me that she's got something special. She just needed to get her foot in the door somehow, and uh, you know she, uh, you know. What do you really know about her? Just by watching the video, it seems like, you know, another minor league hitting instructor or uh, coordinator or whatever they called them had high praise for her, but I don't think he'd be on in the piece of, you know, yeah, she sucks, yeah, you know. Right. Like, but right. here's my point, right? Everybody that came out this week and said, it's a disgrace to have a female in Yankee uniform. No, it's not. And I guarantee you, the minute, even though she's working with minor leaguers, let's say that she happens to be in camp one day, right? And she shows Glaber Torres something with his toe tap. And Glaber Torres goes on this tear where he's like hit 900. And credits her for it. And credits her for for it. And they say, say, Glaber, you know, it seems like you worked on your toe tap this year and you're having the massive success with it. Oh, yeah, Rachel helped me with that. Everybody that had a negative thing to say about her will praise her like she's mm-hmm. the second coming of Jesus Christ. Yep. And that is what I have a problem with. Because now she's got no, right now she has nothing to to back up. So everybody, you know, all these misogynists and assholes are just like, oh, she's a woman. She shouldn't be, you know, the Yankees shouldn't hire a woman. I'll be honest. But the, but the second that some a major player comes out and credits her for something, then the, nobody, will, nobody will have a problem with that, right? I'm in no way, shape, or form a misogynist. By any means, it's just different. Like it's it's different. It, it's not because I think she's incapable in any way. It's just different. It's a change. We're not. We've never seen it. So I understand if it's odd to you, if it feels weird to you. As long as you're not sitting there saying oh, a woman can't do this job, a woman shouldn't be doing this job. If you want to say, "Wow, that's different," I mean, you got to take a second to kind of. You know what was weird about it? Seeing a person wearing a Yankee uniform having a ponytail. That was what was weird about it. <laughs> yeah. Especially considering the Yankees uh policy on hair. Yeah. It, they're gonna you, have to are really you, su- get, are you surprised that the Yankees didn't ask her to cut her hair? Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> but they're gonna have to get rid of it now. They have to. You can't let a woman have hair down her back and not a man. You can't. You can't. I I Is that what's gonna lead to change? Yeah, there's like there was someone there was this kid who uh it became this whole big story in this country, of course. But he uh, he had long hair, and, and he went to a private school that had restrictions. The wrestling kid? And he made him shave his hair during uh, I don't the match? Know. No, 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 no. It wasn't a wrestling kid. Definitely wasn't an athlete. Um, and he was like, and he flipped out. He was like, why can't I have long hair? They And the girls can. That's fine. Just because I'm, I'm telling you, no Yankee would do that. I'm just saying that, realistically, they should just get rid of that no-haired Past the shoulder bullshit. I still don't think they should get rid of it because we don't need to see uh, the Yankees looking like friggin' cavemen and unkempt bums. I mean, she, she still looks like she... Did you just picture uh, Johnny Damon in I did, head? and that's the exact guy that came into my brain. And again, this is what we talked about when we discussed the, uh, the Kobe tragedy, is that your personal standing in aff- yeah. affects the way you think about things. Not to say that I would have ever been an asshole and said, "Oh fuck, women! You know they shouldn't right, they right. shouldn't be coaches in the major leagues." But again, now you're I'm having a daughter, and I'm like, 
Who the fuck are you to tell women that they can't do yeah. shit? Yeah. That my daughter, my daughter can't do something because she's a woman? Yeah, definitely. I don't feel that. I definitely don't feel that way now. So I'm all for it. Yeah, listen, and I'll be and I'll be dead honest with you. If she can hit 35 home runs, or you know, go out there and close 40 games a year, I don't care. I don't care what you got. Because you want to know, you want to know what I care most about. Winning. More than more than females and males and who's in uniform, winning. whether or not those people can, can contribute to the Yankees winning. That's it. And and to your point before that I you know that I was making uh, my point before, it was weird for me like even just listening to Susan Waldman in the booth or you know Jessica Mendoza when she was doing Sunday Night Baseball, it's different. You're not used to it. I'm open to getting used to it, and I have. And I actually love Susan Wallman now. I used to couldn't stand her. I respect her more than probably anyone who does that job. It's just different. Separate your feelings. Don't be an asshole. Don't say she can't do it because she's a woman. Or she shouldn't do it because she's a woman. I'm telling that. you right now, any guy any guy who's saying that, go go take BP against her. I guarantee you she'll fucking rock every single ball that she, that. She, thrown to her while your dumb ass is striking out and, and out of breath. Uh, well, are you going to be out of breath when you get, because you, you're going to, you might have some PTSD watching this fight in a little bit here. I actually thought about it because uh, I saw a little highlight before. I might. Pop, so pop. we'll uh, we'll end the show here. Uh, if anybody's not interested in boxing, uh, maybe you might want to tune out here because after we're done talking, we're just going to wrap up the show. So thank you for listening up to this point. But we, you know, it's a big fight. Uh, as you know, anybody that's followed me and followed the show knows how big of a fan of Rocky I am. So you you can really can't like that without being a fan of the actual sport of boxing. So I mean. It's like anything else when it's not, you know, if it doesn't present interesting storylines and interesting fights, you kind of don't watch it as much. But I do have the zone. I do have ESPN Plus just for the fact to watch more boxing. And while you're not getting super great fights on there, you do see some interesting fights on there. And this is a big fight. The Fury uh, Wilder rematch is a big fight. We watched that fight. That was one of the. And in this country. The heavyweights are what drives the boxing division. Sure. I mean, if you watched Rocky, Sylvester Stallone didn't look like a heavyweight boxer, but there was a reason why they build Rocky as a heavyweight. It's because that movie and would not have carried the same cloud if they was going after the middleweight title. You know what I'm saying? And especially in the era when Muhammad Ali, who Apollo Creed was kind of based off of, was such a big superstar in this country. So... I I'm going to contradict myself because I say that anyone who doesn't like baseball because there's not enough action and all that bullshit, you just don't appreciate the sport. Well, I'm going to come out and say I don't know enough about boxing to appreciate it, to know what goes into it. I prefer watching the heavyweights fight because as good as um, – what's what's a douchebag's name? Floyd Mayweather. Is that who you're looking for? Yeah. As good as Floyd Mayweather is – 
I get bored watching him. Because he's not looking to get into a slugfest. He's looking to tire you out and move around the ring, and then he then he gets you. He's a boxer. He's not a fighter. There's right. a difference between those two things. Right. Just like when they say, you know, this guy's not a pitcher. He's a thrower because he's just looking to throw gas and strike you out. Right. And a pitcher is a guy that's looking to set you up. and Chat- Chapman went from being a thrower to a pitcher. Right. Yeah. Right. So Chapman went from a heavyweight to... Whatever the fuck I don't he know. is. Anyway, I'm not saying he's not phenomenal and that I don't appreciate how talented he is. I'm I'm watching boxing to watch people get hit. I want to see a yeah, good Yeah, a guy like fight. Floyd Mayweather is trying to win on points. That's what he's trying to do. He's not trying to knock guys out. And if a strategy, knockout, if a knockout happens, a knockout happens, but his... He is a like he's a guy that will he wants to box. He doesn't want to yeah. get into a slugfest with somebody. He's so quick and he's in such good shape. His main strategy is to frustrate you, tire you out, and then use his quick hands to to knock you out. And that's what's so interesting about this fight tonight is that Fury is a boxer while Wilder is a fighter. So you got a guy like Fury who's going to try to outbox somebody, outpoint somebody. Versus Wilder, who's just looking to knock you to hell out. Yeah. And, you know, uh, it's a famous it's a famous gift now, you know, and people went wild with the Undertaker references. Uh, he, you know, Tyson Fury looked like he was dead, and he shot up like the Undertaker in that first fight. That's why it was memorable, and that's why I think a lot of people are looking forward to it. What else did he do? What do you mean, what else, what else did, he did Fury do? In that in that fight? No, since then. Well, he's masturbated a lot. That's crazy. Is that real? He says why it is. Why wasn't I jacked through high school then? Because uh, you also didn't train. You were probably just <laughs> jerking it and just sitting around eating Cheetos while he actually goes to the gym afterwards. Um. Anyway, pretty accurate. Yeah. So. Uh, People that are predicting a Wilder victory are, are predicting knockout, you know, within four. And people that are predicting a Fury victory are predicting, you know, like it's going to the scorecards, which when the, I'm not saying I'm a boxing expert, but what I know about it, I would say that's pretty accurate because Wilder's going to go for the knockout while Fury is the type of guy who's going to want to outbox you. So I think it probably will be a situation where if Fury's going to lose, he's going to lose early. If he's going to win, he's going to win late. In my official prediction... Uh, Wilder's at his heaviest weight, by the way. Is he? Yeah. My my official prediction on this fight is I'm, I just think that I'm going to go Fury KO 11, and I think that maybe the conventional wisdom is to say that he'll win in... Uh, if he is going to win, he'll win via decision. But I think that Wilder is looking to prove something after he couldn't knock Fury out. And if Fury's going to outbox him and, it, you know, the fight's going to go deep again, maybe Fury catches him. So you think if Wilder wins, he wins in 12 rounds? No, I think if Fury wins, he, he it'll be late. I think if Wilder wins, it'll be early. Hmm. But my official prediction is Fury KO eleven. My my prediction um, is going to be Fury in a knockout. I don't know what round. I just am pretty confident in that that he's going to win by a knockout. And I think if Wilder wins, it's going the distance. Actually, I think it's going to go twelve. 
I don't think I don't see Fury getting knocked out by this guy. He's a nutcase. This guy's out of his mind. He's not getting knocked out. Uh, first fight, I didn't really know too much about Tyson Fury, so I was I uh, I didn't really root for anybody. I, if anything, I think we were leaning towards Wilder just because he was the American fighter, and you know that's usually what I do. I usually root for the sure. American fighters because I am American. So if I don't have a rooting interest one way or the other, I'll root for an American fighter. Uh, but since the second fight, since the first fight, <clears throat> and the fact that he came back from where anybody else would have gotten knocked, would have just stayed on the canvas, and he got back from that, and the fact that he did WWE in, in the meantime, and the fact that in his last fight he came out dressed like Apollo Creed, I mean, he's a man after my own heart right there. Didn't so. he come back from something crazy, too? Like, wasn't he out of boxing for a certain reason? He had, like, a mental breakdown. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you when you chalk all that up, and the fact that Greg Giannotti, who I really don't like, is a big Wilder fan, and he, he stands him so hard, as the kids say, I'm definitely rooting for Fury in this fight. You know what I was... You know what? I'm glad you just said that. You know how we hate the term Stan? Yeah. Did that come about because of the song Stan? It may have. It I don't really. Did. I. I mean, I don't know the origin of it. I mean, it had to have. When did that CD come out? Two thousand, two thousand one. I mean, this is a relatively new term. Yeah, it's definitely that though. But you think kids that came up with that shit know who Eminem is? Yeah, they don't know the real Eminem. Like, no. like the good Eminem. No, they know like a little bit overweight, bearded, dark haired Eminem. Yeah. They don't know where he attached. Yeah, yeah. Where when he made fun of the president in raps, it was fun and not because he wanted to incite riots. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. That Eminem, like the. I think you know what I think. I think Fury did a much better job marketing himself. I know more, way more about Fury's life and his, and what he puts into this than I do about Wilder. I don't know much about Wilder at all. I really The only don't. thing I know about Wilder is that so, if Greg Giannotti could divorce his wife and marry Deontay Wilder, he would. That's what I know about him. Yeah. And he's been on the show, right? Yeah. He has him on the show. He, yeah. Like I said, he stands him so hard. I mean, like, I'm, we're really getting some clout with, like, the 18-year-olds right now by using that, by using that terminology. So. Does your wife know about the paper you handed me? The what? The paper you handed me? Yes, I told her. Can my wife know eventually? Eventually. Not right now. No, I'm saying eventually, like, let me think about it. Right. I don't know. It's don't worry. She doesn't listen to the show unless I tell her to. So, doesn't matter. The The warning I put on there is because I didn't want you to blurt what was written down into the microphone. Oh, the shut the fuck up about it? Yeah. Thanks. So, we'll see what happens. Like we said with the Super Bowl, it's kind of pointless to break down a fight or a game, and then when you listen to it, it'll be a no, not a day old. But you know, we're talking, about, we're recording before, so let's we'll, end the show with this. It's official. What's that? Stan, an overzealous fan of a celebrity, is in the dictionary. The Oxford Dictionary credits Eminem with the origin of, with the origin of the term, acknowledging that Stan stems from the 2000 song Stan. By the American rapper Eminem about an obsessive. That was man. a good call by you. I seriously had no idea. I thought of it the other day when I was reading something out loud. I was like, maybe it's Stan, like Stan from Eminem. It does make. And it, we're probably it the only. Make, we're probably the only two assholes in in the entire country who didn't know that. So because I don't. I, like, I despise that term. 
I despise it. Like, I hate when people say that. Oh, I stand this yeah. person. Like, no, I hate it. You're a fan of that. I'm a Glaber stan. No, no you're no, a fucking fan. You're a fan of the guy. I, I stand him. Oh. oh, so you stalk him and you fucking kill and then your you, family for yeah, him? Yeah, and then you drove your car into a river because he wouldn't sign an autograph for you? You fucking... Yes. Okay. Yeah. Loser. Okay. So, uh, are you... Did, We're kidding. Oh, you're drunk now. Me? I am a little tips. Okay. 5% alcohol by volume and Chris is drunk. No. I, dude, I can, I can drink like a maniac. Um, I just choose not to. I was going to actually stop and get a bottle of whiskey on the way here. But I got whiskey here. Uh, I have scotch. I love scotch. Scotch in my belly. I go scotch on the rocks, bro. I'm not a big scotch guy. I'm a big whiskey drinker, though. Anyway, let's wrap up the show here. We'll keep it under an hour and 30 minutes today, so everybody should be happy about that. Um, as we said, next week we'll do some over-unders. We'll bring in Stack Guy Rye for the Guardy Stalker story. and uh, That should be fun. And hopefully no more cheating. But it probably will be because we'll probably hear something about no, the Red Sox. forget it. It's we'll, going we'll, to be a fucking mess, dude. We'll hear, we'll hear about the Red Sox. It's oh, we will. We will. So uh, thank you for listening to episode 167. And yeah, and we had a little, we've been promising this for two weeks. We will have a promo code. We will have new merch. Uh, we got to do a redesign. We had a little setback. We had a little setback. Then my kids got sick. So it is coming. It will be here this week. We promise. We'll definitely make it worth your while. So uh, thank you for listening to episode 167. Follow us on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. That guy, Rye, is drunk on a train. So drunk right now. He doesn't even know he doesn't. what he's texting us. Yeah, just gibberish. Uh, thank you for listening. Chris, say goodbye. Hey!